Welcome to Two Guys Fixing the World. And who are these two guys? Well, my name is Mark Stallard, and of course, my good friend is with me, uh, Ryan Jans. How you doing, Ryan? Doing great, Mark. How are you doing tonight? I am doing well. Um, we had a couple of hiccups, but then that's every time we do a show, regardless live or recorded, we have some hiccups. Uh, today, actually, we're uh, going to be talking about minimum wage. It's going to go a little bit into a little. More depth, I think, than just the the pros and cons, or the fours and against, I should say. Um, we're going to go quite deep and over several episodes, I believe. So we'll see how the conversation goes. Um, yep. But uh, but first, uh, wherever you are, um, you can catch us on your favorite podcast provider, whoever that may be. I think we're pretty much everywhere. Um, you can catch us on uh, YouTube as well. Um, this podcast will be um, put up uh, about, um, well, pretty much right away as soon as we've... Uh, um, as soon as it is on the podcast platforms, it'll be up on uh, YouTube, and because uh, you can catch links to everything on fixingtheworld.ca. Um, we'll have all links and details for the show on the website um, as well as on YouTube. So, uh, like, subscribe, share, or whatever you fancy kids are doing these days on your YouTube or your YouTube and the podcast uh, stationy things. Yep, we'd really appreciate a shout out. Uh, and if you are young and you're wanting to uh, get more involved, or if you're curious about politics, welcome to the show. If you're a bunch of crusty old salts like the two of us are, welcome to the show. Uh, there is a place for everyone here. Uh, so we're glad that you could join us and let us uh, share in your, your day whenever or wherever that is taking place. Yeah, and I think we'll be kind of this, this is one of the first topics we've uh, we talked about um, on our young podcast. Um, uh, and it's something that um, we're, that we're both experienced in being reciprocant of, or, or not, as the case may be. Um, and we've, uh, yeah, we're both now uh, musicians in a band called It's All in the Mind, and uh, we also have to do our day jobs because we don't make enough money playing the music. Uh, so we're, we're poor musicians as well, even though we're sort of professionals <laughs> in, our, in our careers, which we'll probably get into in a bit. I imagine. Um, yeah. So the whole yeah. idea of minimum wage. Um, a crazy insanity or absolutely ludicrous that we have to talk about it at all indeed uh it there's a great uh quote that you have that kicks off everything here and uh, the context of this is uh our sister province ontario <laughs> uh, just over to the east of us directly east of us uh increased their minimum wage to 15 dollars an hour uh and there was huge outcry and a lot of controversy over that and cbc news uh has uh, has a an article about it and we're going to pull out this particular quote from this article and the link to that article so you can read it will be on our our website fixingtheworld.ca uh, there are many theories as people you're going to talk to but there's nothing written down that says minimum wage of what minimum wage should be for example the anchor concept for how does the least paid worker by law relate to the average or median yeah, so there's a, um, and, the, and the problem here, of course, it lies in the uh, what minimum wages. We argue uh, with one person who has a different idea of what minimum wage is or what it should be based on. And you can go mm -hmm. everywhere from, uh, you know, um, 
whichever measure you use, uh, for anything from five bucks to fifteen to twenty bucks an hour, even more. I think some people I was hearing uh, a while back were saying like twenty or thirty dollars an hour. Um, so, uh, <laughs> if that's the case, I'm still not yeah. making minimum wage. <laughs> Indeed, at thirty uh, bucks there, an hour, there are very few of us that are, unfortunately. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this is a, a, a political um, hot button, right? So this is what, one of those things that uh, politicians like to like to harp on. They, mm-hmm. um, you know, they'll demonize the, the the poor and the workers, or they'll demonize the the businesses. Um, and whether one or both of those things is true or not, it's uh, it just drives votes. Um, or it scares people away from um, one party to another. But it really isn't a political issue in that respect. It is an economic one that affects many people um, for every every week. I mean, every week or every two weeks, every payday that affects people. And it's... Um, yeah, depending on what your pay structure yeah. is. Yeah, it could be every two weeks and, or every 15 days. Yeah, and it could be... Um, and it absolutely does affect everybody up the food chain if you excuse the expression but the people mm-hmm. people in the middle uh, their wages are driven by the lowest wages uh, well driven up or down accordingly uh, so it's something that is very uh, it's economic it's social um, but uh, those politicians that no one trusts anymore if they ever did uh, use it as a carrot or a carrot and a stick or just a stick to whip people with mm-hmm. And uh, something that uh, with our little snafu that happened previously, the point that I had making is, is that at a federal level, it becomes one of those things that attracts people to the party. We're going to fight for workers' rights and we support this. And then they get into office and they say, oh, well, you know, we, it doesn't really fit. Or we're going to legislate it so that the it's up to the province to delegate and set your minimum wages as, as it is. And then the province comes back and says, well, we, we really don't have a lot of resources or enough resources to police this. So we're just going to have to trust that you, the business, are going to do what's fair and equitable for your workers. Otherwise, the theory is that you won't have any workers. Well, if you're desperate enough to work for a job that's going to pay you garbage, that probably means you need to work. I don't. In fact, I don't know many people who don't need to work. We all need some kind of income coming in. Um, so uh, that that theorem only makes sense if there's a vol- a multitude of jobs to choose from. If I have multiple minimum wage jobs, then I don't have a problem. This guy's going to treat me like garbage or is going to pay a little bit exactly minimum wage. This next guy's going to pay me 50 cents more. Well, I can go to him. But in, in, in the current economic situation, a lot of the part-time jobs aren't um, – are just minimum wage based so it's the same problems it's the same issues uh just at a different workplace yeah so. um i mean think about what what regardless of uh, what we how we define minimum wage and we'll probably talk a little bit about that in a second um but we it's something that's pretty much on television every time there's an election it's, uh, every time someone uh, is looking for votes um, someone's looking to scare, to fear monger and scare about uh, an economic downturn and so on and so forth. Uh, but minimum wage has, actually hasn't been with us that long, relatively speaking. Um, in Canada, um, Manitoba was the first province to have a minimum wage. And that was mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 1918. Mm-hmm. Um, not, um, and yeah, if we got to go back, Australia had it a little earlier. Uh, but it took between 18... 96 in 1907 for it to actually affect 
everyone before they actually had a real minimum wage right across the board. Right. And Canada was battling with its from 1918 to, I don't, actually, I didn't make a note of that, at last date, but years and years and years. Um, in the UK, it started to become an issue in 1909 and didn't actually become uh, right across the board for everybody until 1930. I mean, that's... 21 years, man, that's lot. That's lots. And of course, the US is always leading the way by waiting until 1938. Yeah, um, and in fact, uh, interesting, it, it just an, an interesting bit of synchronicity. Um, we're recording this on November 12th, so yesterday was was, um, was Remembrance Day. So in, in honor of that, I mean, we had the day off, but uh, I watched a bunch of videos pertaining to the Second World War and... Uh, interesting fact is that part of the the New Deal and the Great Society that was dreamed up by Franklin Delano Roosevelt, president at the time, uh, was to combat the idea of joblessness and, and at the end of the, the Great Depression. And it kind of dovetailed into the war years because the Great Depression ended and World War II uh, subsequently started very shortly after. Um, so that gave uh, precedence to to factory workers who were working for Uncle Sam. So we have a minimum wage that we're going to pay you, but we're doing it because you know you can sell it. Well, you you do. We're going to pay you the minimum so that our boys can fight and uh, you know mask it with patriotism. But there was uh, definitely some abuse there. But uh, it's interesting that in that time, that's really the heyday for unions and equal pay or better pay. Um, if you look at a lot of times when these are adopted, the minimum ages, 1909 in the UK, 1896, uh, even into 1918, these are like the considered to be the industrial revolution years. This is the year that industry just took off. And that was the big revolution that, that was there. And the most important thing is up until they started legislating this, people were actually dying at work. So, well, for sure. Um, actually, well, actually, I'm just going to kind of clarify there a little bit. This was kind of the uh, those dates, um, those years, um, actually signify um, the end of decades, if not generations, of people coming off the off the fields to come and work in towns and cities and work in factories. Um, and I mean, that was, that was a, actually was a, in itself was a result of hundreds of years of uh, deregulating the. Um, the, the farmlands does a move away from feudalism uh, towards what we now uh, see as capitalism. Um, it's a small group of people owning uh, the means of production. And of course, then people have to go to those individuals um, to look for wage labor, wage, uh, wages, rather than growing their own crops and so on. And so, but it got to that point where they were sending five-year-old children up chimneys to clean them. And this is like something, yeah. something it's, it's right out of a Dickens novel. We, it was right out of something we regard today as like this would never happen in our country, yeah. but it did happen yeah. in our country. It I mean, was happening in our. I country. mean, it sounds like something out of a Dickens novel. It's because Dickens was actually writing about life as it was in the eighteen hundreds in, in in England. Yeah, that's really what it was in, like in, in the Industrial Revolution, right? That so yeah. So we've got a, a whole load of um, just nasty. Um, just working conditions, the the life um, for a lot of people that were working in the factories, uh, you'd have two or three families in a little one or two room apartment in the basement of some uh, dank building underneath or or very very close to the factory that they worked. Um, yeah, life mm -hmm. wasn't life wasn't great in the in the in the towns. Um, and, and let's not forget, like you know, even just exposure to things like 
soot and carbon-based uh, things like uh, chimney sweeps and stuff like that have, have a short lifespan, not only because the work is dangerous, but because you are exposed to a lot of you know deadly chemicals that all of a sudden it's like, well, okay, well, these people are dying quick, but there was such abject poverty, there's another guy who will replace them because they need the, the pennies. Right, so yeah, so that's when I, where, yeah, so when we're looking at a um, a market-driven economy, which has been going for a, for oh, probably a good hundred years or more, um, and it's when the, when the market is the way that you regulate things, it's going to go to uh, where the where the power is, right? and the power is where the money is, as, as usual, where the wealth is, okay. and whoever's controlling that um, is the one that will decide, you know, make, make the decisions. Um, and mm-hmm. and of course, then it's not in their best interest to pay anyone any more than they absolutely have to. Now, it's also worth mentioning around that time as well, right? I mean, you've mentioned uh, it was an unhealthy place to, uh, you know, it was uh, unhealthy. People people were dying. A lot of the the laws uh, that, that govern the workplace started to take shape around that time as well. This wasn't right. this didn't happen in a vacuum, and it didn't happen all all on its own. Um, you know, like, yeah, like time off. You start to see the progression, right? And uh, we'd have to double check this. In fact, I'll I'll look it up now because we can we can do these things. Yep. I'm going to check the dates of the Winnipeg uh, general strike. Um, I believe that's close to that 1918 date in Manitoba. So let me check this real quick. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, uh, um, it's uh, um, you know, when when people start hurting is um, kind of when change kind of happens because then they start to pressure the politicians and that's kind of what was going on right um and we're, we're kind of seeing it around the world even today we've got a uh, um turkey and chile and a whole lot of other places uh, france has been in riots for about 10 months now um all battling because the, the living conditions are, are getting worse and worse for, for the for the working people and not just you know we're not just talking about um the, the uh, working class, but the middle classes as well, and to yeah. the point where working, right. well, to the point where the middle class uh, and the working class are almost uh, indistinguishable now. Hmm. Uh, okay, so the the Winnipeg general strike was actually in 1919, so a year after the. Um, there's a lot going on here, so excuse me if I'm a little distracted. That's a whole year after after the minimum wage was introduced. So I'm guessing that it was introduced, but nobody really took it seriously. And there was enough people here that said, Hey, we're going to start, you know, not doing the work that you want because, you know, you're literally working us to death. And so this is, this would be post first world war. Um, Canada's involvement in the world first world war was like immediate because of our immediate ties to Britain. We still hadn't fully separated as a nation from the Commonwealth and become completely independent. So that meant when Britain went to war, we were right in there with them. So a relatively small nation compared to its landmass is now included into one of the, up until that point, the biggest war the world had seen. So, well, the world, the war to end we all obviously taxed ourselves right to the point where we're we're you know having to recover. So that yep. you know that led into you know a lot of factory work and trying to rebuild and now trying to you know take advantage of this this increased production 
But if you're not going to pay your people properly and you're not going to provide them with you know proper working conditions, either people will die or they'll dig in their heels and say, no, let's make this better. And we dug in our heels and made it better. Yeah. So yeah, and, you know, and, and, yeah, and when people get desperate, they you know they, they start organizing. And this and this these were in the uh, the the first times that happened. I mean, this happened right through uh, feudalism. Well, as well, there'll be uprisings, but in the the world where the king king's word was law, um, yeah, people were just pretty much executed, um, and there was no one, no way, even though it would have been illegal, even um, when it, when it did happen in, in England. Um, there was no one really there to prosecute the king or prosecute the lords. Uh, the people were kind of powerless. They were kind of around. Mm-hmm. The ringleaders were rounded up and, and executed. Um, definitely something worth maybe looking at for another show. But uh, um, yeah. Well, uh, and I think I think the important thing to do to note as well is with minimum wage that as much as we're saying it's not a political issue, it it kind of is and it kind of isn't. It, it is a gray area. And so well, actually, well, actually, it, I, did. I didn't say that it wasn't a political issue. I didn't, that wasn't what I meant. Right. Is that yes, politicians use it, and therefore it is a politi- political issue, and politics drive the law. But it's really about the human beings. That, that was my point. That's right. And and it really does come down to it is when you and you think is how do you define what and what qualifies you to have a minimum wage job? And I think one of the things that we had sort of talked about before we realized that we weren't recording was do <laughs> we have to have different tiers of minimum wage? Do you look at somebody who's completely unskilled and uh, has no relative work experience and has no, you know, factory training or educational training or higher education that that they can commoditize and se- or commodit yep commoditize I think commodity right. yep. yeah sure. <laughs> I think you're I think you're right yeah <laughs> but uh, they can use that as a commodity to sell themselves. Uh, does that mean that they have a certain tier of minimum wage and they can reach this bracket? And then as soon as they become skilled, now this is the minimum wage for this is. You can certainly see that in uh, in things like Apprenticeship Canada and Red Seal Trades that most uh, apprentices make uh, around that 16 17 18 $19 an hour, depending on which trade and, and how specialized you become. And then it, it goes and each tier you go up, your wage is supposed to increase according to uh, Apprenticeship Canada. Now those numbers differ from what is actually being paid, but they're within that sort of realm there. So, yeah, um, and you know, and that, I mean, it's definitely something that, uh, um, yeah, we'll be talking about that and uh, many mm-hmm. other possible options. Um, I think um, maybe start talking about uh, what a definition of a minimum wage is as well. Um, so, a, one of one of the definitions is um, it's the, the minimum wage is really enough income for people to stay out of poverty right um mm-hmm. that's one of the definitions a lot of i think a lot of the political parties will use that uh, they're using something called the consumer price index um and based on that and that's uh, based on the average price of food and services and dwellings and everything else um and then they come up with um based on that how much someone would have to make a year to have a roof over their heads of some description eat and be clothed and be able to get to work and back um, so we're actually we're looking at now in Canada, I think, um, or in, in Manitoba, I think we're looking at about uh, twelve to thirteen dollars according to the consumer price index. I have to look up to get the exact mm-hmm. number, but it's something along those lines. Sounds about right. Now, my my question with that though is, and and that's a good sort of baseline, but I think one thing that 
also has to, well, I guess it is kind of factored in there because they're talking about, we particularly talked about food, but housing and, and decisions about how you're going to live and where you're going to live often are one, uh, one of the most important things that you're going to factor your, your wage around. Because if you, um, if, if you're a, um, if you're a, house, a homeowner, you own a house, you have some pretty steep obligations that you have to make to make your mortgage and your gas payment and your water bill and all those things that just come with owning the house, all the money you pay out just to be in the house, forget about, um, forget about, you know, food and clothes. You just have to pay for the house. Now, if you don't have that, does that mean that they have the right to not pay you as much? Uh, what if you were combination? What if you're a very skilled person, but you decide to live in a, um, you know, you, you don't have a family, you're just a single person, but you extremely skilled, extremely smart and extremely intelligent. But you choose to live in a bachelor pad, a, a 600 square foot bachelor pad where the kitchen and the living room are the same. And the, uh, all that is, is exactly 100% the, the, you know, the same room, except for the, the bathroom in the corner. Should your, should your wage decrease because your expenditures are out? I mean, uh, we haven't taken into those factors. What if you decide instead of, you know, I might be, you know, might be in a position where I could own a car, but I just choose not to. Right. But, right? but, but I mean, if, you, if you're going to make those kinds of arguments and you know, you're quite right to make those arguments, that's definitely worth talking about. Um, mm -hmm. But then, but then, you know, we could uh, make other arguments as, um, well, why is uh, someone then getting paid more for the same time and the same amount of effort, regardless of skill? Um, mm -hmm. Uh, the, I mean, and again, that's, that's an argument that, or a discussion we are going to have in later shows for sure. Um, and um, for me, I would come out at the value of of the work being done as opposed to the price that the market will let you get away with paying for that work. Agreed. Um, so uh, the value, the valuation, but how do you? the The question then is, how do you calculate that value? Yeah. Um, and that is something Just, we would definitely uh, be talking about. Yeah. So, uh, again, we've sort of touched on it here as sort of a precursors. Yep. Oh, there we go. We're at the 20-minute mark. Um, <laughs> so much so much for the science alarm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody heard that. Beep, 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 beep. We're trying to keep these a little bit more structured than, than our other show, The Invisible Man, which is uh, – yeah. Comes out a couple, at least a couple of times a week. You should check it out. A couple times a month. You mean you mean a month? Um, yeah, the invisible, yeah, man, the invisible man. The invisible man. A couple of times a week. Invisible <laughs> uh, Check us out if you're if you're into independent music. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very so much. so I think that um, that's probably not a bad place to actually uh, leave it there. Anyway, uh, we are going to uh, be back with part two. Uh, for us, it'll be seconds. For you, it'll probably be another week. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about the general. Um, general arguments for and against a minimum wage. But uh, I think for now, that's good. We'll probably end up uh, um, in the next show just recapping a, def a definition that we can work with for what minimum wage ought to be, I suppose. And then we'll move on from there with the arguments. So um, any last words, uh, Ryan? Uh, no, I think I was just going to bring it into land here. Uh, say thanks, everybody, for joining us and letting us be a part of your day. Uh, you can check us out at fixingtheworld.ca and on all your major podcasts. And if you are feeling so inclined and want to hear us talk about music and decide that you like our buttery voices, Indeed, uh, yes. check out The Invisible Man at theinvisibleman.ca. Also, uh, we are on Facebook at, under the uh, It's All in the Mind. Uh, 
uh, is the band page. Come check us out. Post on there regularly when we have our show. And until next time, thanks, everybody. This has been Mark Stollard and Ryan Jantz. Thanks for joining. Thank you much. And, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. So. He's going to fight you.